pop culture. All right, there's a lot of television out there that you could be watching. We have been watching Moon Knight lately. Uh, every Wednesday at, I don't know, even know what time it comes on, but Disney Plus, it's part of the new Marvel series starring Oscar Isaac and Ethan Hawke. Uh, yeah, so we've already talked about episodes one through three. Tonight we are on to episodes four and five. We've got another double header here. That we're throwing at you. So, uh, guys, I'll let you take it away. Whoever wants to start first. What did you think of episodes I want to hear Andre say it so I can be mad at him. All right, Andre. Okay. So, episode four was sloshy for me. Um, didn't really enjoy it that much. Uh, and episode five actually got a little bit better. And let me tell you why I'm having a hard time with this show. And uh, let me... well. What I really liked about episode five was they brought up a thing that they kind of were going to touch on when the, the show was first announced. The fact that uh, he's Jewish. And I thought that would have been kind of cool to see in the Marvel Universe. Not, not so much the representation thing, but the actual challenge of, you know, uh, a Jewish kid and this whole Egyptian god thing. Um, I thought that would have been interesting to see. What I'm having a hard time with in the show, and this is really, like, I've thought about why am I struggling with this? I personally feel our society has romanticized mental health, and this show is glorifying it. So it's a very, very, um, it's hard to take it serious. So I, I'm actually, I look forward to the parts of the show when we're not trying to, like, uh, depict some type of like depict what whatever DID is, and I, I don't have and I, I don't know anybody that's that's lived with it, or I don't. I'm not a psychiatrist or a psychologist. Uh, Joe, that's kind of creepy. <laughs> uh, so, but I I do have this this feeling, and I, I'm being serious. Like I think that our society is in this really really weird spot with mental health mm -hmm. as a whole, and I think I this show is glorifying it. And then you hear some of the commentators I see or people commenting on, on the show. It's like they're, you know, little like weekend experts. And it's just kind of pissing me off. So that, I think that's probably a hang up I'm having with the show. Yeah. Joe? I actually don't disagree with anything Andre said. <clears throat> so. I, I, <laughs> what? Yeah, I know. It sounds well, crazy. Thanks for tuning in <laughs> to this segment of the Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, so on a personal level, with, you know, with me suffering from aspects of did brought on by post-traumatic stress disorder, um, it's just nice to see the coincidence of that. Like, I'm going through this in my life, and then I'm seeing this portrayed on entertainment. And it kind of, it kind of for me, it feels like... Like you said, it makes it less serious. So in my situation, it makes me feel less afraid of what's going on with me. So I know that sounds kind of like, I don't know, maybe that sounds therapeutic. But <laughs> but see, seeing how it's betrayed as kind of for laughs at times, it's um, <clears throat> it, it lowers that threat bar for me. Now, having that said, just like in the fire department, you, you know, there's a thousand people behind you who tell you how to do your job better who've never even worked a job. Seeing how... You know, mental health disorders are being romanticized or glorified for entertainment purposes in the media now is going to cause an unfortunate side effect of people who have no idea what they're talking about or should have no authority to talk about those kind of things start talking about those things. So I think that's just a natural byproduct of those kind of situations. Um, like the Joker, 
I think Joker set a really difficult precedent to talk about because while the movie, in my opinion, was great, the the fanfare behind it was kind of disgusting, and people kind of like went a little too far with the whole joke. I, I love clowns, obviously, but I'm I'm not I'm not for like saying that it's okay to go out around killing people for some like vendetta, which is kind of interesting because yeah. we're we're watching a guy in a similar situation who's exactly doing that. So, um, I, I really like what they did the last two episodes. I think they're doing some excellent world building. Uh, when they dropped, when they name dropped the ancestral plane from, uh, from Black Panther, I was, I was giddy. I was so freaking giddy. Um, actually seeing one of these deities in the flesh, so to speak, um, is nice. Instead of just seeing Khonshu just disappear like a ghost all the time. And, uh, she's so cute. She, I mean, I'm not one for hippopotamus, but you know, but she's she was really sweet. Like the little, her ears flapping when she gets nervous was was just great. So I um, obviously there's there's with Disney seeming to be leaning kind of heavily into the mental health aspect of things, like even you know, um, uh, the next was it a uh, multiverse of of um. Of madness, madness. Yeah, they, yeah. I mean, they're gonna they're gonna be hitting hard on Wanda's trauma and stuff like that. So it it just it gets me thinking about where else could Disney go? And statistically, at some point, they're gonna mess up. Like even Disney, as big as they are, they're gonna they're gonna overstep their boundary and they're gonna offend some type of community. And I don't think well, I, I don't think it's did yet. What well, did? <laughs> but it's getting close. <laughs> it's getting really close to that. <laughs> Yeah, I think there's a um, there's a there is there's a really fine line with how you kind of approach these things, and I'm, you know, like I I I came away from last night's episode thinking, I believe that the show is good, but I might not be smart enough to keep up with it. Like what? What? Did you just <laughs> no, admit that? No, I mean it's yeah, I did. Um, like I think the okay so like the tomb episode I I liked um, you know where they're going through the tomb and it's a lot of like Steven and okay um, time out real quick you know, with with the yeah. whole the whole uh, bottomless pit scene did you uh-huh. were you part of you or like is there is there an invisible bridge right there there was part of me yeah yeah, yeah like Indiana the, Jones the, you're like just the, just, Indiana just Jones. throw something just I, I, I wish they made a joke like that and it nothing like oh. it just fell and there, right. there was nothing yeah. and it just fell um but like so the scene where uh Layla is like she's turning the corner right after she's made it across and like you know killed whatever the creepy you know prophet thing is or uh protector and then Harrow's like comes in from the other side and he's like wake up and she's like oh i guess i should turn around and go listen to the bad guy for a little while i'm sure he'll tell me something revelatory and then you know like has this big confrontation with mark over her father she almost got dude killed yeah i mean she 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 basically well she technically did um and so like that was one of those things where it was just like i understand for dramatic purposes why they kind of did it but at the same time to me it just comes across as lazy writing like you couldn't come up with a better way to kind of introduce that or to put those two characters together and so you did it in this way that really like she had no obligation to sit there and listen to any of the things that he was saying or to believe any of the things that he was saying like 
you know, ultimately she knows that he's out for Ahmet's tomb and whatnot, or at least like, you know, has not good intentions, whether or not she knows what his, his like end game is. Um, go ahead, Andre. I I was going to say, and like two things in the, uh, in episode five that kind of, they could have fixed it or did it or presented better in episode four. Uh, or, well, let me, like two parts actually. One, the way they explain, um, pardon me, Mark is the main person and Steven's made up, right? Yeah. And how Steven was a character he used when he wasn't afraid or to hide from fear, which is kind of interesting because Steven's kind of a, you know, a tool <laughs> in his own right. Yeah. And, well, and, and he's, then, he's, he's a, a bit of a wimp. He's an asset. He's an asset. He's an asset. Well, yeah, a tool. Yeah, yeah that you he's can a use. Tool. And then on top of that, which I so I thought that was interesting, and then I also found it very interesting. So does that mean that Mark is afraid of something else aside from the violence in his life, possibly? And I also thought it was interesting they could have not done the whole uh, wake up crap because they explained when he walked through the the desert and he saw the dead bodies and and like her dad. That would have been a better way to present that. So they rushed it in the tomb to say, well, you killed my dad or whatever, or you were there. That didn't need to happen because it was, it was, it was communicated way much better when he's trying to balance the scales. Yeah. So I, I think there's a little bit of sloppy writing and, then, and like a little bit of payoff and, and cleanup, but it's, you're right. I think some of it is kind of sloppy where, um, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't dislike the show. I the part I'm just struggling with is the representation of this possibly serious mental disorder, right? And I just don't, like, I, I can't really wrap my, I can't give, I can't co-sign on that because I think it's, it's done very tacky. Um, so. Yeah, it does seem like a, like, I think, Joe, you touched on this where it's like, it's, at times it's played for laughs, right? Especially in the early episodes. Like, it's, it's made to be like this jarring switch and then all of a sudden you know you see like steven's like oh my god why did why are these people dead around me you know mm. um or uh, now the car is driving backwards or now i'm back in bed like all of a sudden and oh it's like a dream but obviously that's not really i mean like we talked about in, in the previous uh review of episodes one and, and two maybe three that it it doesn't really occur like that in, but I think you said like 2% of people. And even then it's very infrequent that that's that quick of a transition from one personality to the other. Um, I think episode five, the asylum was probably one of my favorite episodes so far because they finally got into that background. Like you finally get some answers into the backstory behind Mark and Steven and where Steven came from. And that, like you said, Andre, that Mark is the, like the primary personality. And then I think if you go back and watch like the first episode again, you'll start picking up on more hints of that. Like when they're in the whatever city where Harrow and he gets the scarab and he's like, you know, running away and all this stuff that, uh, Conshu's talking to Mark, you know, and keeps telling, like, Mark, you know, like, oh, the idiot's in control again, mm -hmm. and if if he loses the scarab, I'll kill you both, you know, like, that ultimately, it, I, I feel like there was more hints to that than I picked up on the first time around, so I don't know if maybe a second viewing helps to clear some of that stuff up going back, but the... 
I think the thing that I liked best about the asylum was that the asylum itself, like the way that that whole thing was constructed and the switching back and forth between, you know, like them being with uh, Tarwina, Tarwera, whatever the Egyptian goddess's name is, and then, you know, Mark or Steven interacting with Harrow as the doctor, you know, and I thought that was kind of interesting that it's like there was a break within the break kind of you know it's you like you know who i think does has done the uh what's the name of the dc show uh with uh brendan frazier um, oh doom patrol doom patrol i think they do the multiple personalities better by far with uh the one girl uh can't now i can't remember her name it, it escapes me um, and it's not so, it's actually, they get so deep into it, you can understand the f- fragility of her mind. And that wasn't as offensive, or just, not just offensive, that, that's... You talking about Raven? Not Raven, it's not um, Raven. Doom Patrol, let me Google it. Uh, um, I haven't watched any of Doom Patrol, I only watched Doom the Patrol. first season of Titans. Gosh, you guys. <laughs> While you're looking uh, that up... Um, Crazy Jane. Oh, Okay. So the way that they do the character Crazy Jane is it's so like there's there's empathy and compassion for the character because they flush it out and they kind of describe what caused her her like her mental walls to fall apart. And it's done very well. Like the rest of the shows it can be a show, but that particular character, I'm not I'm not upset with the way they uh, present that 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 challenge for her. So, I'm yeah, kind of th- frustrated with Moon Knight. <laughs> so. I think there's a couple of things that you guys said that I wanted to touch on. Uh, the romanticizing of mental health. I think, yes, you do see, I think, way too much of that just in society in general right now. Where it's like, it's it's not, there's a, there's being compassionate, right? And having an understanding for people that are dealing with mental health issues. But then we've moved, and not we, like the three of us, but I feel like society has moved to a point where it's like, well, are you really human if you don't have something that's wrong with you? Right? Like, then now it's like everybody suffers yeah. from some sort of mental health oh, issue. Hyper-labeling, yeah, it, that's a, that yeah. is a problem. Then, I'll be honest, that's annoying to me. Like, I, I, have, no, yeah. I have no tolerance for that. Like, yeah, I mean, I... I <laughs> yeah, I yeah mean, exactly. And I, and I think this show does a, a good, it does a good job of trying to represent the comic, especially in episode five. Like given the backstory, it's somewhat fairly comic accurate, which is great. Also uh, it's incredibly the, traumatic. Like holy. <laughs> yes. Like oh his mom's. Yeah. Like yo, like that's bananas. It's, what a bitch. <laughs> and I get yeah, it. Like well, she went through some too, but. Wow! Like, but she did go through something. She did. She didn't have a way to reconcile her son dying, and that's that's the thing where it's like, yeah. And then the part where Stephen says or Mark says, "But you're supposed to fix that to his yeah, dad." Yeah, dad, you're such yes. a pussy. No, Fuck. but like, what is his dad doing the whole time? He just looking. Right. He's looking so, at the like window dad, and be like, "Come here." Yeah, no, come you should chase after like, your damn son, man. What the? F- yeah, I, I mean. I, I definitely I, as, was as like, a parent. I cannot imagine what that would be like, and I I know people that have lost children, and like a vast majority of them, well, I'd say it's about fifty fifty, they stay together. So yeah, um, 
So and, and I, I'm not I, saying that his dad should have left his mom, but I'm just like, well, I think, no, I think it seems like his dad basically made the ex- a bunch of excuses for her along the way and enabled her to ultimately get to a point of abusing the yeah. crap I, out of their kid. I think we're going to get frustrated with the mom because one, there was no setup that we, we knew nothing about her going into it. And then we, for one, one scene, she's like super loving, good mom. And then the very next scene, she's like, I'm going to chase your ass down and whip you with a belt. Like that, that yeah. kind of jump makes makes it very difficult for the, the the viewer to like empathize whatsoever so to I, I, I immediately <laughs> empathize with her i immediately i was like yo that's that went south really quick i do think that the father played a really terrible role in trying to help his wife through that grieving um the benefit he may have had is his faith as a rabbi and i think that it's just kind of that part was like yeah okay i i get that then you kind of, if you slow it, if you slow the tape down long enough, you'll see as Stevens reading, why like that phrase he kept saying, and he's like, oh crap. Then he realized, you made me up, right? Yeah. And that that yeah, was kind of like, to, yeah. okay, now this stuff is coming together now. Well, Stephen Grant, the man with no fear, that was that was it. Yeah. 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 And that's where, and now granted, he's got a lot of fear. He's a very like, uh, very fearful person. And even when, like, uh, Mark Spector was, like, going, no, you can't make me do that, hitting his head, it shows, like, there's, like, there's still trauma. Yeah. So I, I think all in all, there are some good pieces. I, I think they just did a very poor job, or maybe I'm just, I don't like how they did it for I, the first <clears throat> part of the I feel like if they had more the, episodes, uh, they would episodes. have paid off better, but this definitely yeah. feels like they're condensed. Having that said, b- a, besides Moon Knight being right there in the, in the picture... I've been, I've been catching up on some uh, Civil War Moon Knight uh, material because this is a phase where he doesn't have his powers. He, he he's you know forgone Kong Shu and all that stuff. Um, I'm drawing a lot of similarities <laughs> between this version of Moon Knight and the one we're seeing. Obviously, this one's more of an asshole. <laughs> he's he's got some yeah. he's got some like character flaws. Writ- he's he's written to be so mean to everyone. Like he just he t- like but. It gives me an idea of where they're trying to go with this version of Moon Knight, and he seems well, more—he's heard... he more connective to the larger picture of Marvel as they're trying to write it now than from the actual. I character. heard they retconned him, and even even in recent comics. Oh yeah, so, no, he's been through uh, three retcons, and the one they're doing oh, yeah. now is more in line with the original character, which if you got to think about a character who's changed up so drastically as Moon Knight in the comics. I'm looking at how they're taking him now, and I'm like, okay, I see a lot of respect to the to history of the character. Just like you said, the rabbi, the rabbi father, he was a big play in the original cut, and I just like seeing that he was actually at least shown, even though I thought he wasn't done properly. At least he was shown. He's supposed to be like the Uncle Ben persona for Moon Knight in right. a way. Except it almost <laughs> to me in episode five, it almost. And I know you, you like you kind of like the fact that they brought in you know his Jewish heritage. It almost felt like lip service to me, like that they mentioned like her shiva, and then he shows up with the uh, yarmulke, yeah. and, and that was basically none of that was in any other episode. Yeah, yeah, like I, well, I did feel like it was, and I know that there were a lot of fans that were really pissed off about it. Then Kevin Feige came out and was like, "Just wait, wait and see what we do." And it's like I think what they're trying to right. go is he that he forgot he he, you know, th- threw off the. The whole yeah. Jewish side of his family and, and joined the military. I don't think they presented it very well. It's kind of blinking, you miss it. 
<laughs> yeah, I, I yeah. do think like it all feels very rushed at this point, and that was the thing that sure. I came away it's feeling. Six episodes. At the e- well, yeah, but that's at the end of last night's episode. I asked my wife. I was like, "How the hell are they gonna wrap this up in one episode? Oh, it's gonna be like big. they have I, one episode th- they, left. They're gonna have to start it off right off. Right, Anubis talking to Mark and be like, "What's going on, topside? <laughs> Send me back." Well, and then, I mean, like, if you want, we can talk, I'd like to talk briefly about the very end of the episode, Mm -hmm, uh, episode five, because I did really like the point where Steven is sitting there, like, terrified, and all of a sudden he's like, wait a second. I'm you. If you can do this, that means I can do it, too. And then he just, like, whack, and then the cricket line was was kind of funny. And then Mark was, like, surprised, like, holy, you're doing something? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Then Steven gets thrown overboard, and now he's frozen in sand, right? That balances Oh, he doesn't get thrown overboard. He tackles the dude and trips overboard. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's true. That's even Uh, more He goes overboard. That ultimately balances the scales. Not what I was expecting to be the thing. So check this out. I want to counter that for a second. A lot of people are saying because Steven died, the the scales are balanced because there's only one hard wade. But if you notice on the scale, the both hearts are still there. Still, yeah, I'm thinking because so, like you said, Stephen got up and realized I I can do it because you can do it. I think Mark mm-hmm. also in that moment was surprised, and that's the first time you see Mark screaming for Stephen in the entire show. Yeah, that, that so was I think that's cool. what balanced the scales is that they 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 connect it together in that moment. Yeah, so, I, I I think Mark needs Stephen. For like, because I think that's probably why he was like freaking out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I think they're like, and I hate doing the whole fan theory stuff because some, you know, the writers, they make you look stupid at the end of the day. Oh, they, they do it on um, purpose. That's the part of the whole like play. <laughs> yeah. Why you think but they put a hippo I, I do, in the first season? Hippo stuffy. They, they want people to start guessing. I, I do. I, I will give them this. I think that. They are cleaning up some of the mess with the storyline, and I, I do appreciate that. But I also kind of feel like what was said and, and how it, how they close out that final scene with Steven turning into sand and, you know, Mark standing in the field by himself, I thought that was kind of dope. I think it's him trying to... What if they rewrite Moon Knight to where he's only one personality? Like, that would be the, the, the ultimate possibility. Uh because where it stands now, Steven's gone, right? Yeah. Unless Conchu can just pull him out of the out of the uh, the sand, right? For whatever reason. But I thought it was I thought that was done very well. But he still looked lost. He looked sad that he lost his his uh, his you know his comforter. Yeah. Well, it was and, his uh, his armor in a lot of ways. Like if we yeah. you know when we think about like the Moon Knight protective armor, the healing armor that he had with Conchu. And he'd obviously been without that for the last episode for the tomb. Hence the two bullets and then in the now chest. He's, Double tap. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. But now he's lost his emotional armor that was Steven. That essentially shielded him from having to like confront all of that trauma and deal with any of the stuff from his past. And I don't know. Ultimately, I thought the thing that was going to balance the scales was going to be them going back and finding the third sarcophagus that was, or the second sarcophagus that, that was in well. yeah, the, violent, the hospital, the and violent, that it yeah. would be, oh, we're missing one of our personalities. And I, I'm I, with you I in never, that. I don't know that they're going to bring any more 
you know, people into this. That it uh, maybe it was just Mark and Steven, but but no, because they hinted at like I didn't do that. Well, I didn't do it either. I think so, if like, there so has to be somebody gonna else. Add him, they're going to add him. Maybe they're saving him for some another show or another movie. Because now that Steven's gone, there's more room for his personality to come through. And Steven's yeah. coming back though. Oh, I mean, he has to. Everybody loves Steven. I want a Steven question. Uh, I don't. I don't particularly like Steven. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> You would. <laughs> oh my god. I mean, I think he's uh Steven with the B. <laughs> so his his yeah, his perception of uh of strength and and hiding from fear, I just don't I don't know if I sub- subscribe to that. And I think that's part of the problem I, I struck like with the character, not everything yeah. else. Just like so you'd rather like go into a shell and pretend like none of this stuff is happening. But, well, but that's kind not of, Steven. I, I mean that's Mark. That. Yeah, Mark is No, but I'm but I'm sick. But hear me out. I, I think part of that, it's reflective in his relationship with his mom, right? His mom was, like, almost evil incarnate. But that's the one he opens it the first episode talking to and telling him about his day. And so was he stuck in believing his mom was a different person? Was he stuck in, you know... No, I think he just... In all these other emotions. I just think and then even to the end of the died. And even to the end of the episode where Steven's like, it wasn't your fault, Right. So Stephen looked like a clown for most of the ep- uh, most of the episodes, and then comes back with a comfort, li- literally the comforting words to say, "Hey, it wasn't your fault, yeah. right?" So I don't. That's why you don't he, like him. <laughs> I don't think I don't think he really needed Stephen to be honest with you. But you know, um, well, I mean, yeah, like ultimately, it would have been great for Mark if he could have handled all of that on his own. But he was what like. 11 12 at the time like when when he created steven essentially when that but it was only two months past when he like completely not just had steven in his head but became steven i mean we don't know what happened in that cave we don't know we're alluded that he drowned but there it could have been something worse oh sure like the (laughs) like uh the clown from it (laughs) my point my point being so, my point being is, like, from when uh, Layla said that she hadn't spoken to him for two months, yeah. he apparently went to London and, you know, like, they showed then when he, like, kind of did the whole eye roll thing and became Steven. So, I'm saying, like, because your cave thing messed me up. Yeah. I don't, I, I think there is something, I don't know. Um, crap. Just say you love Steven with the V. No, I mean, I don't I, think like, he's, I'm not saying that you have to like him. I just, I, I understand why somebody at that young age would have disassociated. Would have yeah. Oh, that's that. that's my point. He didn't like he didn't become Stephen like on purpose, purpose until right. like his mom died and he's like walking away. I don't even think he did that on purpose. I still think that that was just him. He Mark and his psyche was not able to process that level of trauma. Sure, but he wasn't eleven. No, he wasn't, but he was still, like, I don't think he ever really mentally matured beyond that. Like, I think he was so stunted maturity-wise from an, or emotionally from what happened at that young age with his brother dying and then his mom blaming him and basically the whole family falling apart because of that, that when it came time for her, when she passed, like, it was this, you know, well, she's gone, and now it's it's this, like... How do I how do I deal with that? And There's I think no that that moment was kind of where everything like that's when Stephen more or less took over 
for a little bit more, right? Like it, that was how I read it. But I mean, I they do they do leave a lot of things up to our own interpretations of it. <clears throat> probably because, like Joe said, they're trying to set us up so that we believe <coughs> one thing and then they can turn around and make us look like idiots the next yeah, second. I told you guys, and I'm not considering the that. fact that by the time his mother <laughs> had passed away, he he had been in the military for a while. He'd been a mercenary. Yeah, well, He'd yeah. been killing yeah, people. Yeah, so he he probably wasn't like the most well equipped to handle that anyway. <laughs> and yeah. yeah, usually when you come back, even though she was like his abuser, he he would have like a semi Stockholm syndrome towards that person, and you, exactly. part of you would always want them. You'd always think that they they could come around. I don't, I don't and that's I, why I, I think almost, Stephen like like you know liked it, loved his mom so much and was always calling her was because in a lot of ways Mark had Stephen create the relationship with his mom that Mark wished yeah. he could have had. And even, he says with that. his own that's mother. He said, he's, I mean, Mark says you get to, you got to live a life that I didn't. You got to have yeah. a mother that loved you and yada yada. But also, this highlighted the biggest problem with the entire show. Um, what <laughs> cell phone carrier is he using that doesn't reuse the numbers? <laughs> I mean, how long are you going to call that same freaking phone number and it doesn't say disconnect it? Well, well, you notice well, he never dials well, the know, phone. He yeah. never, he's never just, ever dialed the phone. As soon as I said that, I remember the yeah. doctor showing I, I him that the, a phone that did, wasn't ringing. I, yeah. Yep. I noticed that the first episode, he, he just... And in the when he, you know, breaks there at the funeral outside the house, and then he, like, picks up the phone and calls his mom, he's basically, like, it seems like he's actually talking to somebody. Like, it's not him leaving a message in that one I didn't think. Yeah. Like, he, it seemed like he was having a legit conversation with somebody there. That means he must have heard and it. so he I never... do think that it was so much more just, like, him in his own head, like... You know, now, building this relationship that he wished he could have had with his own. Now, mom. do you guys subscribe to the theory that Kanchu was grooming him since he was a kid? No. Given the how, given how no, he felt, I think on it the, was the skull and everything. No, that I think that was just a representation, like some random act of like life, right? And I think he just happened to be in the spot. Uh, I do yeah. think Kanchu probably took advantage of him when he's gonna you know blow oh, his brains oh yeah, out yeah yeah like, hell what's up boy um, don't don't mess up my, my statue <laughs> he's been clean for 400 years yeah, i would have been like <laughs> at that point if it were me i probably would like okay oh, now i'm hearing shit yeah, I definitely gotta go. sure like, losing blood, do it <laughs> no i i'm with i'm with andre i think that ultimately it was more just like a like a, a matter of convenience for Kanchu, where he's like oh Here's this totally crazy person whose mind is already broken that I can very easily manipulate to do the things that I want. And now, whether or not, like, I don't think that Kanchu is necessarily, like, a bad person or a bad god, but he doesn't seem like the most up-and-up person either. Right. Yeah, no, he's, not, very, he's, not good he's very much so, like, the punisher of the Egyptian gods. <laughs> he doesn't yeah. care how he does it. He just needs to get it done. No, Mike, yeah. another question I had was... Do you think in this next episode they're going to elaborate on what happened between Kanchu and his original avatar? No. Or if they're just going to leave that? I don't think they have time. Well, I'm not going to do episode. that. Cause, I mean, they did a lot in one... Episode 5, they did a lot in such a short amount of time. So they may be able to do something similar. Maybe in a boss battle, he mentions why he left Kanchu and all that. Or maybe Kanchu left him. Yeah, nobody's going to want to care. I mean, I do feel <laughs> like they care. touched on it a decent amount already between, you know, like Harrow talking about I was, you know, his his avatar, avatar. before and I left. And, you know, when he was finally out of my head, I realized that I, how much I missed the peace and quiet and, and you know, things and like that. that. Yeah. 
Yeah, and so I think, like, I, my take is that maybe they explore it a little bit more, but it'll be basically between Mark and, if anything, I, it'll be Harrow trying to get Mark to turn against Khonshu again, or to stop Mark from saving and releasing Khonshu. I did like the idea. I'm kind of betting Layla's going to die. Oh, God, don't fridge her. Please don't fridge her. Don't fridge Layla. I think she's interesting enough. Plus, she might have. A, <laughs> plus, the plus, she, plus she might have an interesting like backstory to go along with like uh, this was a golden scarab hero from back yeah. But no, so I think that's uh, that's a stretch. Though. I don't think it's maybe. Gonna... I mean, Mar- you know how Marvel does things. I mean, they got the freaking Black Knight in here. Like, who thought that was going to yeah, happen? I don't think they're going to go too too far with all the side characters. I just mm-hmm. don't think that's a, a. I think that's a stretch. For them. But, well, one last thing. I liked how when they were looking in like the, the dining, like pretty much the freaking mess hall of dead people, Marcus yeah. made a reference like, I remember all of them. These are all the people Kanshu sent me to kill. I like that symmetry with the, what the other avatar said about he was just being used and he was being sent to kill all these people and feels guilty about that and everything. So I like, I like we're learning a little more on how Kanshu does things and it may not be so like. Just like the moon, it's in a moral gray area, whether it, you know it's justified or not. So I'm looking to see maybe episode six will be the one where Conchu comes back, but then Mark is put into a situation where he's got to stand up for himself for a chance, and not just you know bend over for Conchu and at the same time save the world. Which I don't think he's saving the world. I think he's just saving like a village because as as many people <laughs> fall fell from the sky into the sands, I was like that's that's, that's more like yeah. a village. It's more like a European village being <laughs> taken out. <laughs> we also don't know the speed at which Ahmed is able to like be freed and then immediately start. Oh, what judging if, what and if, what if people, that's just but... the followers of Ahmed getting purged yeah, I mean, like that? That's that's crazy. It's raining men. I love it. <laughs> and women. Don't, we, discriminate. We, <laughs> she killed that old lady like that. <laughs> so yeah, I'm looking forward to the next episode. Definitely gonna watch it, um, but. I don't know. It, it's it certainly left me wanting a little bit more f- from what they've delivered so far, and not not in like a positive way. Not like oh, I can't wait for more. It's like man, I feel like you guys could have done a little bit better with some of the storytelling and stuff yeah, like it's that. Not like you went to a buffet and they they closed down two of the aisles. You're like, what the? F- what is this? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's fair. <laughs> All right, well, that is our review of Moon Knight episodes four and five. Be sure to tune in next week when we will have our review of the final episode episode six which has not been named yet so i can't give it away or anything we should totally like that, dress but... ourselves up in toilet paper like we're mummies oh well, that's a great that's idea weird. yeah definitely gonna do that andre will be the only one not dressed up in toilet paper <laughs> you're uh, such a dweeb god you're so you're so square <laughs> thanks for checking out the chris and andre show i'm chris i'm andre i'm just he's here. fireside joe <laughs> <laughs> who's we'll just talk here to you next time we'll see you guys next time